0: There are two scriptures I want to read, and they'll be on the screen. And I want you to look very carefully at them. The first one is Ephesians 1, 3 through 6. I want you to just read this yourself in a moment, just in your heart. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, pause there a moment. God has blessed you, if you're his child, with every spiritual blessing you will ever need in the heavenly places in Christ. Look at the next verse. Just as he chose us in Jesus before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, this next verses tell us that we have to look beyond what we can see to what we cannot see to realize the dimension of these spiritual blessings. Paul was talking about in Corinthians what a hard time he'd been through. But he said, I'm not giving up. He said, therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man, this physical body, even though this outward man is perishing, yet the inward man, oh, there's an outward man, the body, this house in which we live. But there's the inward man, our soul, our spirit that part of us which is eternal. Therefore we do not lose heart, though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, boy, what he was going through was not light. Maybe you going through an affliction. <laughs> he said, but our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Now, here's what: why we do not look at the things we, which are seen. Isn't that amazing? Paul said, I'm not looking at just the visible things around me. There are things that I can't see with my eyes physically, but I can see with my spiritual eyes. He said, we do not look at the things which are seen But the things which are not seen, you mean to tell me there are things in the spiritual world, things that are going on in our lives and around us, promises from God, blessings from God, we can't see, we can't hold them? He says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, notice this, the things which are seen are temporary. Did you know everything you can see is temporary? This body's temporary until you get your new body. Then one day you'll get a new body if you're in Christ. This wood would eventually decay over the years. He says, for the things which are seen are temporary. But wait a minute. The things which are not seen. See, you've got to look beyond just what you can see, just what you can touch, just what you can taste and you can feel. But the things which are not seen, these things we can see are temporary. But the things we cannot see are eternal. And so this morning, I just want us to focus in on our eternal blessings. Certainly at this season of the year, we thank God for the things we can see. For the food we eat, for the clothes we wear, for the houses, the shelter that we live in, for the cars we drive, for our family, for our friends. Things we can see. And, and, and we're so thankful for the blessings that we have. And in the midst of our blessings, we remember that three-fourths of the world goes to bed hungry at night. But we, 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 we are thankful for what we can see. And that's easy to do. Either you have it or you don't have it. But it's another thing to look beyond what you can see into the spiritual world and see the things that are eternal. Now, Jesus told us that everything else, all the temporary things were going to pass away. Look at, look, look at Jesus was speaking to, I think, the rich young ruler. Then Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, one thing you lack, go sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up your cross, and follow me. You see, all this rich young ruler could see was his material things, and that was his life. But Jesus said, you know, No. That's just temporary. You're gonna to have to let go of that, and, and it certainly wasn't wrong for him having food, clothes, and shit. No, but Jesus said, "Don't, don't build your life on what you can just see, because of things that you can't see that are far more important." Look what else Jesus said about the unseen things, the temporary things too. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust doth not corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. Jesus said, you know, don't put all your hope and all your trust and all your future in things that you can see. Because there's the world that is far greater. It's an eternal world. It says, and he went a little bit further and said in Mark, Matthew 16, 26, what does it profit you? If you gain the whole world and lose your own soul, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So I want us to look beyond today, just the temporal, the things that we can see, touch, taste, feel, smell, the things that are tangible, that mean so much to us, and we are so blessed with, and we thank God for it. But I want us to look at the things that are not seen, which are eternal. And I'm telling you, what's important is eternal. That's what's really important, things that eternal. You know, so let's think about the eternal things. You know, uh, it's so hard for us to get beyond the physical. I read a story of a man who uh, had been rather poor, but they struck oil on his land, and all the night, he just became extremely wealthy. And so he said, well, and he was already up in years. He said, i tell you one thing. When I die, it's going to be quite a funeral. He said, I want a gold Cadillac. And I want to be sitting in the seat of that gold Cadillac when I'm dead. I want to have on a Stetson hat and ostrich cowboy boots. And he said, I want to have a case of filet think When it gets hot, I'll be able to cook them. You'll get that later on. And so, sure enough, the time came and they dug a huge grave, had a crane. There he was sitting in his gold Cadillac with his hat and his boots and his stakes. And he was, they were lowering him down in the grave. He was dead. And they were lowering him down in his grave when one guy punched the other guy and said, Boy, that's really living, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that the way we look at things? You know, ha- have you ever seen a hearse pulling a U haul? Somebody said, well, how much did he leave behind? All of it. Isn't that amazing? But yet it seems like we're so enamored and controlled by that which is temporary and that which we can see. But let me get, I, I just want to take three spiritual blessings that this Thanksgiving season, to me, of course I could go through the Bible and give you spiritual blessing after spiritual blessing, after spiritual blessing that God has given us in Christ. But what I want to do is just take three and just look at them and just rejoice in them. And the first one is this. Now, here is an eternal blessing. I'm talking to you about eternal blessings. You cannot see them with your eyes, but they are eternal and they will never perish. They will last time without end. Here's the first one. We have an eternal blessing in the reality that in Christ we will spend eternity in a place called heaven. You know, maybe once a year we'll talk about the fact of the resurrection and and how, man, we're going to go to heaven and we're going to spend it. But let me say something. The reality that in Christ we are blessed with eternal life And that we will spend eternity in a place called heaven. My, that that overwhelms me. You you see, every person that is born into this world is going to live eternally. You you said, Brother Fred, I just thought Christians had eternal life. Oh, no, no. Now, you've got to understand this. The word for death in the Bible, in the Greek language is T-H-A-N-T-O-S, thanatos. It never means you cease to exist. Once you're conceived in your mother's womb, from that, part, from that point on, you're an eternal being. You're an eternal being. Oh, yes. And even when you're born into this world and you live your life, and everybody who's ever been conceived and born into this world will live eternally death never means the cessation of life it doesn't mean that you just go to the grave and you no longer exist it does not mean that at all and so every one of us in this room will spend eternity in one or two places heaven or hell and so in other words eternity is not a, uh, an option You will spend eternity, but the glorious truth is that God loved you so much and loved me so much that he sent Jesus, who is our spiritual blessing, and in him made it possible that we would not have to spend eternity in hell, but could spend eternity in heaven. Now, brother, that is a blessing, I'm telling you. You know, Jesus absolutely came, and he destroyed death. He absolutely destroyed it. The Bible says in John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them, say it, eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither can anyone take them out of my hand. You talk about a blessing. My Lord, Jesus came, died on the cross, made the perfect sacrifice for our sin, made it possible that we could be forgiven and our guilt and shame could be lifted from us and that we could receive the righteousness of Christ. Jesus made the perfect sacrifice for sin forever, rose from the dead and defeated death, hell and the grave. And he has the keys of death and hell. And man, the glorious truth is this, man, what a blessing, an eternal blessing that there's a back door in the grave and that... Christians will spend eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a blessing. That's better than turkey or dressing or gravy or anything else you might get a hold of. That's all going to pass away. Except that which you carry around with you. But anyway, (laughs) friends, sometimes... We get so used to hearing about our blessings in Christ that we take them for granted. You know, I got to thinking about the fact. Some of you will gather around a table this week, but there's going to be loved ones that aren't there. It may be a husband or wife or son or a daughter or a friend, but they're not here anymore. But you know that they died in Christ, and you know where they are, and you know that one day you're going to go and see them. Now, you talk about a blessing, my friend. That is a glorious Blessing. That's the best dessert you could ever have. Man, we have been blessed, but with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And the greatest blessing, one of the greatest blessings of all, that if we are in Christ, if we have repented of our sins, Placed our faith and trust in Jesus, that we're going to spend eternity in heaven. And I am telling you, when we, we get when, when we've been there ten thousand years, we'll just have been started. I love 1 Corinthians fifteen. Look at verse twenty and twenty two. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And we go on in the next verse. It says, "For since." By man came death. Adam sinned and death came through Adam. For since by man came death, by man came the resurrection of the dead. In Jesus, there's the resurrection of the dead. And he goes on and says, for as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made what? Say the word, alive. Man, you're talking about something to bow your head every morning. Or whenever you can, and say, Lord, I want to thank you that I'm going to live forever. And I'm going to live forever with you, Jesus, in a place called heaven. And I want to thank you that my loved ones who died in you and who, you, who knew you and they died in Christ, Lord, I'm going to spend eternity with them. You know, God, that's such an overwhelming blessing. I'm thankful for the temporal things that I have. But talk, Lord, Lord, that's eternal. That's eternal. It goes on and says in verse 25, Jesus must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. Listen, listen to this, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Boy, that's a big ber- word. Death is destroyed by the Son of God. So, when this corruptible body has put on incorruption, and this mortal body has put on immortality, then shall be swallowed up the victory, shall be brought to pass. The saying is, now get this, this is a blessing. Death is swallowed up in victory. Jesus just absolutely swallowed death up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But now get this, thanks be to God who gives us the victory over death through the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, I'm telling you something. You talk about a blessing. You talk about a blessing. We didn't deserve heaven. We could never earn heaven. We could never work our way to heaven. But God loved you enough and loved me enough that Jesus came and died in my place and died in your place. He took all your sin and wickedness on himself and then made it possible for us to have his righteousness so that when that time comes that this physical heart stops beating And this earthly body, which is temporal, goes back to the dust. Glory to God. Our spirit goes to be with Jesus, and we will spend eternity with the Son of God in a place called heaven. That is an eternal blessing. And I'll praise God forever for it. I tell you, we have a lot to be thankful for. If you know Jesus, whoo, do you have? A lot to be thankful for now if you don't know jesus then you need to get to know him in repentance of your sin and faith but there's another i only got three because i didn't know how long the children would sing but i'm gonna go ahead and do this here's the second blessing i'm and i'm just thinking i said lord i could talk about all the material blessings we have all the answered prayers and that's good that's good but you said you've blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And they're eternal blessings. So I just want to look at a couple of them. And here's the second one. Not only do we have the eternal blessing of a spend eternity with Christ in a place called heaven. But we have this. We have the eternal blessing in Jesus. Now stay with me. To live an abundant life here and now. You see, we're on a journey. It's called life. And you know, it's, it's in stages, you know. You know, when you're young and just a child and then you're a teenager and then you go, go off to college and then you're a young adult and then you sometimes get married and, and then you get, you know, have children and life is, and then, and then life's wonderful. It's wonderful. But let me tell you something. Life is not easy. Life is hard. Somebody says, life is not fair. God never said it would be. So you say, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Because we're living in a fallen world. This is a fallen world. But you know what the beautiful thing is this? We don't have to wait till we get to heaven to enjoy abundant spiritual life. The presence of Christ today, you know, one of the greatest blessings, and it's an eternal blessing That right here and right now in a sinful world, a dark world, that we can live an abundant life by the presence of Jesus Christ in our life. Let me say one thing. God never intended for you to endure life. He never created you to exist. God created you to live a life and to live it abundantly. Listen to what Jesus said. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the devil. But I have come that you might have life. And then he said, I want you to know what kind of life, that you might have it more abundantly. Let me give you two verses that really are a blessing. Hebrews 13, 5. I want you to look at this verse. Sometimes we feel all alone in this world. Sometimes we make wrong choices. Sometimes we commit sin. Sometimes we get bound by that sin, and we find ourselves just, you know, just absolutely, instead of being free and having abundant life, being a prisoner. And, 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 but, but you see, Jesus, he said, listen, I came to set you free from that. He said, I came to. And here's the beautiful thing. Please let this get in your spirit. I, I've known this, but it just seems like it means more to me now than ever. Once Jesus comes into your life, once you know you're a child of God, you're never alone again. You're never alone again. You know, people get to the place the devil lies to them, and they say nobody, nobody knows you, nobody cares about you, your life does not have meaning, and and you're just on an island, and, and, and it's just you against the world. Now, wait a minute, I want to say something to you. Now, if you're not a Christian. If you if Christ does not live in your life, if you've never come to Jesus in repentance of your sin, God be merciful to me a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart and forgive my sins and give me the power to live the righteous life. See, if you've never trusted Christ, now you're going through this world alone. You are. But the the beautiful thing is that once we realize that we can't live life in our own power. That we can't live life in our own strength. We can't overcome the world in its sinfulness. We can't overcome the devil. And we can't overcome the flesh in our own power. And we come to the place where we throw ourselves upon the mercy of God and, and, and invite Christ to come into our life. At that point from on, once Jesus comes into our life, you're never alone again. Never, never, never. The devil can lie to you and tell you nobody knows and nobody cares, but he's a liar because I'm telling you the Word of God says that when Jesus comes to live in you, you are never alone again. And all i got to say is praise the Lord. Look at what it says. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Just be thankful for what you got. That's what it says. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with what things that you have. Because you know what? you got all you need. For he himself said, I will never leave you and nor forsake you. You know, that that's quite a verse. Jesus said, you know, I'm not ever going to leave you, Fred. I'm not going to ever leave you. I'm not ever going to leave you. When I came in, I moved in permanently. I have a permanent lease. And said, I'm not ever going to leave you. And you're not ever going to be alone. Now the devil will lie to you and tell you you're alone. He'll lie to you and tell you that you've got to fight the battle in your own strength. But you know what abundant life is? It's the reality that Jesus Christ lives in us and he'll never leave us. At our lowest moment, Jesus is there. At our highest moment, Jesus is there is there. Do you understand what a blessing that is? No wonder Paul said, it's Christ in you that is the hope of glory. It's Christ in you that gives you the hope of glory. And then there's the eighth verse of that same 13th chapter. See, I'm talking about eternal blessings. And the eternal blessings of spending eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ, glorious place called heaven. But the other eternal blessing is that in Christ right now, we can live an abundant life here and now. And look at this verse. Man, this will absolutely encourage you. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know the problem with many of us? We have no problem with the Christ of yesterday. Oh, Brother Fred, I believe he was born of a Virgin Mary. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe the lame walked and the blind see and the deaf heard and the dead were raised and the demons were cast out. Oh, I I remember. Oh, I remember the Jesus of yesterday. Oh, and I remember that he died on the cross and rose. Oh, I'm just, oh, I understand about the Christ of yesterday. And then we get over here and and we, we, we think of the Christ forever. And you know, I know the Bible says that one day he's going to come back and one day he's going to balance the books and one day he's going to judge men and women according to what was written in the book. Oh, I believe in the... Christ of forever, that he's coming back one day and he will balance the books and justice will be done and vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And I believe there will come a day when Christians will be before the judgment seat of Christ, not for their sin, but for the way they serve the Lord. And that lost people will be before the great white throne judgment where they're judged for their sin. But you know, I, so I know about the Christ of yesterday and I, I believe in the Jesus of to, forever, but wait a minute. I need Jesus today, and you need Jesus today. Do you believe in the Christ for today, that he's greater than the temptation you face? Do you believe he's able to take the bitterness and unforgiveness out of your heart? Do you believe he has the power to restore the love that seems to have gone? Let me tell you something. It's the Jesus of today. He's the same yesterday, but, oh, the same miracle-working, life-changing, glorious Jesus is the same today, and he's the same forever. And abundant life is just simply the fact that Jesus is never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us, and that he's there, and he's the unchanging Christ. And he's everything we need. You, you say, well, I don't believe that Jesus is everything I need to live abundant life. Then you're deceived. You've tried hard. Listen, some of you have made so many, uh, you, you've turned over so many new leaves. I'm going to turn over a new leaf and I'm not going to live that way. You've worn the pages out. You've made so many promises. God, I'm not going to live this way anymore and I'm going to do, do better. And you always do worse. Why? You're looking To yourself, and you're not looking to Jesus. You talk about blessed sitting in this building here today. Let me tell you something. If you know Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you something. Death has been destroyed. It's been destroyed. And all you're going to do is when this physical heart starts pumping your spirit your spirit and your soul is going to go to be with Jesus and you'll be in a glorious place called heaven and you will be there forever and Jesus said no one can snatch you out of his hands i'm telling you and then you can just know that no matter what you go through in this life you can live an abundant life not a life without trials not a life without troubles, not a life without disappointments, but knowing that Jesus is with you and lives in you, in your trials, in your disappointment, and in your heartache. I never will forget what Ed Litton said. The call came that his wife had been in a wreck on Highway ninety eight, going to Hattiesburg. And of course she was if, if you know the story, she was killed. And so Ed got in the, his car and went as fast as he could to the place of the wreck. And they'd flown his daughter by helicopter to the hospital. But the reality that his wife was killed was a reality that he was faced with. And so I said, somebody asked Ed. He said, Let me, I said Ed, how was it? How was it? How do you deal with something like that? He said, I don't think I could handle that. You know what he said? He said, when you get there, you will find that the grace of God is already there. And the peace of God is already there. Now, that's the Jesus that we follow. And it's called abundant life. Was there heartache? Yeah. Was there sorrow? Yeah. Was it difficult to get beyond it? Yeah. But guess what? He did. Because it was Christ in him. That gave him the life and the strength. And that's the same Jesus that lives in you and lives in me. And so here's our eternal blessing. Number one, eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven through the shed blood of Jesus. But also the power to live an abundant life right now. You know why? Because Jesus broke the power of sin. He destroyed the power of sin. Let let me read you a couple of verses. Now get this. Well, Galatians 2.20 says that Christ lives in me. But look at the next verse. Look at Romans 6, verse 6. This is why you can live an abundant life. Knowing this, that our old man, our sinful man, our sinful nature, who we were in Adam, our old man in Adam was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be rendered powerless that we should no longer be the slaves of sin. Man, that is liberating. Jesus took our sinful nature, all that we were in Adam, and he put it to death on the cross. And now we don't have to be a slave of sin anymore because he put that sinful nature to the death. If we died with Christ, we believe we shall live with him. And in the next verse it says, in verse 11, Likewise, this is how you can live an abundant life. Count it a fact that you're dead to sin, but you're alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a promise. Listen, I, I remember before I got saved, man, I was alive to sin. My God, I, I didn't have to try to sin. I just sinned. And some of you don't have to even work at it. You just sinned. You know what I mean? But I was a slave of sin. But listen, the power of sin was broken when Jesus took my sinful nature and yours to the cross and put it to the death. And he said, therefore, do not let sin rule in your mortal body. Let me tell you something. If you're a child of God, you don't have to let sin rule in your mortal body. You say, well, I can't help it. Oh, yes, you can. I don't have the power. I know you don't, but Jesus Christ has the power. There is no excuse for sin. You know, it says... For you're dead indeed to sin, but you're alive to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's an eternal blessing when you realize that in Christ, one day, you're going to go to heaven. And one day, you're going to spend the presence in the presence of the omnipotent God who loved you so much. And you're just going to live in the glories of heaven. For all eternity. Man, this life is so short. But eternity never ends. And if you're a child of God, what have I got to look forward to, Brother Fred? Man, you got to look forward to eternity. But also, you don't have to live a defeated life on the way. Jesus didn't say, well, wait till you get to heaven. No, He said, I want you to live an an abundant life right now. And so that's why He came. That's why He comes to live in us. And that's why He is our strength. So that in Him, we can have an abundant life right now. All right, here's the third thing. I'm talking about eternal blessings. The eternal blessing of spending eternity with Christ in heaven The eternal blessing of the power to live an abundant life by Christ living in us as Lord of our life here on earth. But I don't know why the Lord put this one on my heart. But I do know. Because we all need it. Here's here's the good news. You know what an eternal blessing is? That in Jesus, you can live a life free from hatred, bitterness, bitterness. And unforgiveness. You know, we've seen after this election and all this stuff, how much hatred, and how much bitterness, and how much unforgiveness, and how much selfishness just rules and just boils over in society. But you know, Jesus came so that as his children We don't hate, we love. We're not bitter, we're forgiving. And we don't want revenge. We want what people to have the best in life in Jesus. You know, I have found that you will never be free from any hatred or bitterness or unforgiveness until Jesus comes into your life. And he enables you to let go of the hate. He enables you to let go of the bitterness. He gives you the power to let go of the unforgiveness. And I'm going to tell you, you know a dark prison? A dark prison? It's a dark prison when you get up and there's somebody that you hate. You, You know a dark prison is when you live your life day by day and you're just bitter. You've been hurt, you've been wronged, life isn't fair, and you're just bitter. Jesus came so that we don't have to be bitter. We don't have to be. He can remove the hate and replace it with love. He can remove the bitterness and replace it with love and prayer. And He can remove the unforgiveness because He reminds us that He's forgiven us. You know, I guess the greatest, one of the greatest blessings is the power to love. The power to love. See, if you love, you don't hate. If you love, you forgive. And, and I think one of the greatest blessings is that you don't go through life bound in like a prison, in a prison. And the only one that's really suffering in that prison is you. And Jesus came and opened the prison doors. And as I heard David say, if the Son of God sets you free earlier, you're free indeed. And we're free to love. Let me tell you something. One of the greatest blessings, it is an eternal blessing. In Jesus, we are free to love people. I had a friend of mine who was in the ministry. He said, the ministry wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for people. I said, come on, man. That is the ministry. That is the ministry. Well, it's easy to love those that love you, Brother Fred. Jesus loved those who nailed him to the cross. And he hung there and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, Stephen got free from hatred and bitterness. And as the rocks hit him because he had said Jesus was Messiah, and as the rocks hit him and as his life was going out of his body, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You talk about an eternal blessing is when you're free to love, just free to love people. You say, you mean to tell me we've got to love the unlovely? Yeah, because you were unlovely and God loved you. <laughs> if you don't think you've got to love the unlovely, go look in the mirror. And I'm not talking about appearance. I'm talking about what goes on in our lives. Let, let me just read this. And, and this is just a great, great blessing. And I'm going to pray. I want you to listen to it. This is only possible through Jesus. You won't even get close to this without Jesus. Oh, you won't even touch it. The, the hem of the garment without Jesus. It's that great chapter, probably one of the greatest. It's almost like it's a poet, poetic masterpiece that the spirit of God came down on Paul and he just got caught up and looked like to the third heaven. And he began to say this. He said in first in, in Corinthians 13, man, you, you say he'd been talking about, he said, listen. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I'm like a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. He said, though I, give my, uh, though I give my body, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I don't have love. I am nothing, though I give all my goods to feed the poor, though I give up my body to be burned, but have not love. It profits me nothing. Well, do you know anything about this kind of love? Listen to it. Love is very patient and is kind. You know, that kind of gets... I can get my hands around that. It's not a mushy emotional feeling. Oh, I just love you. I just. Oh. I know what it is. Love is patient. And love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up, arrogant. God's gift to the human race. It's not puffed up. Love is not rude. Boy, love is not selfish. Does not seek its own. Does not seek it. Love's not selfish. It's not selfish. Love does not seek its own. It says, uh, does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Now, one translation said, is not easily provoked. I'm going to put that back in there easily. (laughs) I don't know who took it out of this one. No, he just said, love is not provoked. You say, well, I'll tell you one thing, brother. Ain't nobody, uh, pardon my English, nobody can have that kind of love. I know, I know. But I know who, who does, Jesus. And I know where Jesus lives. He lives in you, and he lives in me. And because he lives in us, that kind of love is in us. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek, is not selfish, is not provoked, thinks no evil. It's not suspicious. You know, just you're not you. You, you, you don't keep a record of people's mess, the record when people have messed up. You don't keep a record of it. You, you don't. You don't say, well, I remember it wrong. No, love thinks no evil. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity when people sin. But rejoices in truth. Boy, this verse right here in verse 7, I know this is true. Because you can, this can happen to you. Love bears all things. Yeah, you can. Love bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Love never fails. Fails. What? Love? Never? Brother Fred, that kind of love is only possible. That's who God is. God loves like that. I know. But he's telling me to love like that. Yeah. But he's telling you, you can't do it in your own power. You won't even get off the first base. You can't. But I tell you what. If you choose for Jesus to love people through you, then you will find, you'll find that you're kind and all this stuff is true. And it won't be you, it'll be Christ in you. The love of God and the love of people is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And what's the next commandment? And love your neighbor as yourself. You know what a great eternal blessing is to be free from bitterness and unforgiveness and hatred and to have the love of Jesus. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. Wow. I want to say this and I'm going to pray. You got an eternal blessing today. If you're in Christ, you can go to heaven and it's going to be glorious. And man, that ought to, you just ought to praise and thank God every day. And I'm going to tell you another thing. Here, here's an eternal blessing. If you're in Christ, you can live an abundant life by His indwelling presence and the power of the Holy Spirit now. He's the same today. And I want to say this. If you're in Christ, this is an eternal blessing. You don't have to have hate, bitterness, and unforgiveness. You can walk in love. and the fruit of the, But it says in Ephesians 5 two, walk in love even as Christ loved us. Hallelujah.